What is going on, everybody? Your midweek podcast. Week one officially in the books of America's Game, the National Football League. We're going to touch on that as well as take a look at week two. Cannot believe the season's already here. I am feeling overwhelmed and catching up with everything and keeping up with everything. It's just, it's madness. You got injuries now. You got games to look at, storylines to think about. Major League Baseball is rounding the corner in their regular season. Max Scherzer is now going to be done for the year. Hugh Darvish is done for the year. The Mets hired David Stearns reportedly. Not been official by Queens. Just a lot going on, but I love it. It's fall, September, almost halfway through the month. It's crazy. 2023 is almost in the books, but we still got content as far as NFL inventory. Cannot wait for this regular season. I really think a lot of the teams that I predicted to do well this year had a good week one, but there's going to be a lot to be said the rest of the way. So we're going to touch on week one, week two, and preview that. It is episode 120 of the podcast. Andrew Luck retirement was a stop in your tracks moment. I remember I was sitting in my aunt's basement. I was watching preseason football in Chicago, Illinois. Adam Schefter tweets out that Andrew Luck during a game and the preseason uh, broadcast, the preseason telecast, which is not obviously the A team. They give that to the local guys in Indy. Have to break the news to the Colts fans that are watching the preseason game that Andrew Luck is not playing this year in 2019. And while this wasn't a necessarily out of left field, people get injured. Aaron Rodgers, week one, 9-11, coming out with the flag. Everybody's anticipating his debut with the Jets after four snaps has the despondent, emotionless look tries to walk off the field, and then just takes a seat on MetLife turf. Man, one thing that you will not forget, and we're robbed of a great QB going to an interesting team, big market, big city, who's trying to compete in a gauntlet of a division and a gauntlet of a first month and a half of a schedule, and they come out with a thrilling victory. Zach Wilson, you know, played fine, and the Bills really coughed one up there. They they helped him out, but nonetheless, it, it's not about that. It's about the quarterback, and we're, we're all robbed. Obviously, the fan base of New York, they feel the worst about it. Nobody feels worse than the player. Not a big A-Rodge guy, if you guys know that, but certainly never wish an injury upon anyone. I, I'm really disappointed. This is a feeling I don't get too often. I really just take injuries for what they are. They're part of the game. Something else will be interesting, but this is a rarity. You don't have a situation like this where a guy who's still playing at a high level joins a new team with a team that's been down in the dumps and then they're injured like four snaps into it the first game sometimes it happens a couple games into it sometimes it happens mid-season sometimes other things externally happen but man never this soon and it's disappointing and hopefully A-Raj I think he comes back I think he comes back strong I just think in these situations with the notion around it 
Aaron Rodgers is going to battle his ass off. He's going to fight like hell in rehab to come back, play for the Jets, and play well. I do not think his career is over. Do I think there's a chance he's not the same player? Of course, but I, I really think he's going to be close to the same guy that we saw in 2022, which, of course, was not great, but I think that was more so him checking out on his team, him checking out on the organization because they obviously were looking to move off him somewhat. So I think he battles back. I think he plays well. I think in 2024 the Jets will have similar aspirations to be a playoff contender. They'll obviously be more cautious, but count me as a guy that where A-Raj will attack the rehab. He'll be full strength come week one, 2024. So over at my house for week one, had a Bears watch party. Miss Taylor, her favorite squad, she was all geared up all week long to watch Chicago take on Green Bay. It's a thrilling time for me personally when she is really in to watching three hours of football when, of course, I have to sometimes coerce her into watching 18 hours of football throughout the course of the week. It's great that she loves to sit through three of it. And then we had to watch Justin Fields and the offense and Luke Getze put on display what they did. Why did we need more tape of this? I said it for an entire offseason. I said it midway through last year, actually. Midway through 2022, I knew. Justin Fields, he did not have a whole lot going for him offensively with his offensive line, his play calling, where the roster was at. But I saw enough to know There are things within his control, like holding on to the ball, bad footwork, anticipating pressure, not scanning the field. He is not going to last in this league. He's not a backup quarterback. Does he deserve to be in the NFL? 100%. I have been imagining, closing my eyes. That's my new thing. Close your eyes and look at it. Justin Fields is catching passes, taking handoffs for the Chicago Bears, and slashing and dashing through defenders. It's a beauty. He is a weapon. He deserves to be making plays in the NFL. He's not a quarterback. What if the Bears had signed Jimmy Garoppolo and they had a few plays designed to where Justin could take the ball, throw it out of the backfield occasionally, but also take handoffs, run between the tackles and catch it over the middle I think he would be outstanding they could reinvent football in a way now would he go for it probably not he would want to play quarterback so he can get paid like quarterback and guys just want to play that position so maybe he wouldn't go for it but at the same time if he wasn't into that how can you really go into 2023 thinking this is going to work you saw it for a year and a half now. And you did not improve your team. And from week one, it doesn't look like you improved the playbook all that much. Because I saw the same old shit from the Bears. This is what went on week one. Drop back passing for a guy that's an option quarterback. It's not going to work. And I've heard some ideas thrown out there that maybe they're throwing Justin Fields out there to be a horrible team and get Caleb Williams. Again, why would Matt Eberflus find that beneficial for him? Why would Ryan Poles find that beneficial for him? Is 
Poll's really going to go all in. This is now his second year on the job. If he's going to have a 1-16 or 3-13 football team again, going into year three, even if he does get Caleb Williams, does that bode well for him? What if 2024 with Caleb Williams, they go 6-11 or 5-12? My guess is that the McCaskey family might be looking at a new GM and a new head coach. I don't really buy that idea that they're trying to manipulate this so that way they can see if they have something in Justin Fields and can win a lot of games, or it leads them to Kayla Williams. I just don't see it. And I haven't seen an argument quite yet that actually makes that all add up for me. But the more disappointing thing is same playbook from the same play caller, from the same quarterback doing the same awful things on the football field, and I just do not see it getting better for the Bears as we move forward. One thing I really took away, and I didn't watch too much of the game because I was locked in on on the Bears, but the Dolphins and the Chargers, that game went exactly how you could imagine with a couple of play callers ready to dial up pass after pass after pass. And look, when you put up 455 yards passing and Obviously, Tyreek went off for 200-plus yards. The Dolphins, they they got some firepower, and they're a force to be reckoned with. One thing that stood out to me with this, and I, I've been harsh on Miami. I don't think Mike McDaniel's an awful head coach. I think he's a smart guy. I actually like him and you know just how he is, and I, I think he's an interesting cat. I'm not ready to anoint him that he's the next best thing. I did that with Doug, Doug Peterson. I did that with other head coaches. That really just has to stand the test of time. I'm not going to go there quite yet. But what I do know is that the Chargers have an awful head coach. And we have spent a couple of years now, it's a consensus, totally concluded thing. Justin Herbert would have been the better pick over Tua Tagovailoa. However, if you're Miami, are you really thinking about that right now? Because you have a head coach who's winning games, having your quarterback produce, yet Los Angeles has Justin Herbert signed him to this $260 million contract, and they're losing. And this goes to show that if you have a superstar quarterback, but you do not have a head coach, you will fucking suck. Aaron Rodgers had bad years, missed the playoffs when Mike McCarthy lost his fastball for a bit. Drew Brees... Missed out on the postseason in Bounty Gate when Shaw Payton was gone. Before Patrick Mahomes arrived in Kansas City, Andy Reid was winning games with Alex Smith. Deshaun Watson, 4-12 in 2020 after Bill O'Brien was canned. You can have a great, legitimate, superstar QB. You are nothing without a head coach. And Los Angeles... They cheaped out. They did not go with Brian Dayball. The Spanos family went with Staley. I thought it would be a hit. I thought he was a smart guy. I thought he did well in his year as a DC with the Rams. Didn't think he would be a superstar. I never know who's going to be an excellent head coach, but I thought he would be okay. Yet he's going for it on every fourth down. He's got superstar players and Bosa and Khalil Mack and uh, Derwin James and Nobody's making plays. They're an awful defense. They're not even okay. You should be great. You should be able to turn that around in one year if that's your side of the ball. 
and they're awful. So hats off to Miami. When you get a head coach that can elevate your quarterback, are you really going to worry about who else is on the other side of it when you have a coach like Staley going against you? Justin Herbert, I feel for him. And that'll be a vacancy that opens up. And they really missed the boat with Dayball. They really missed the boat with Peyton. We'll see who comes next to the Chargers. And we'll see who gets Justin Herbert. You know, there's talk out of Cincinnati, much like KC. I don't know if it's real or if it's just media networks at FS1, ESPN, FanDuel, uh, McAfee, whomever. I don't know if it's just a whole bunch of subterfuge and it's not actually real, but Cincinnati's going to be fine. Kansas City's going to be fine. They got Joe Burrow. They got Patrick Mahomes. They're going to win a bunch of games. I actually think Cincinnati's going to miss the playoffs. I think it will be a disappointing year for them, but they're not going to be bad. They will be a disappointment, though. I think Joe Burrow, with the calf injury, with a couple of guys wanting their due at the wide receiver position and a gauntlet of a AFC North division, it's going to be tough. And there's going to be someone on the outside looking in. And one thing that happened late last week as we were watching the Chiefs and the Lions, and to me was the bigger story over their week one loss, is that Joe Burrow signed for mega bucks and it was only for five years. And that's pretty typical of a quarterback contract. But Gerald Burrow was expected to be more Tom Brady. He was expected to be more Patrick Mahomes. He was supposed to take a team-friendly deal. There were a lot of reports that I read over the last year and a half he was going to do that. Instead, he looked more like a Peyton Manning, a Drew Brees, a union guy. That he was there to reset the market and then get another bite at the apple here in 2028. Mahomes signed a 10-year deal. Brady would take about a third of what he was owed back half of his career. Joe messed up here. Joe's earned that money. He deserves that money if he wants it. But if you want to win Super Bowls, taking a five-year deal, that's not the way to go. He should have taken eight-plus years to spread out the cap hits. That's how these mechanisms work. That's how these accelerations work when you potentially cut a player. But Joe Burrow's not getting cut. He's going to be the Bengals quarterback for 10 years. He's not going to just fall off a cliff. He's that rare of a player like Patrick Mahomes and Brady and Breeze and Manning. He went the union guy route. He went, I'm part of the brotherhood route. Brady, Mahomes, they went, I'm a part of Super Bowls route. I'm a little disappointed, Joe. I really thought he was going to be on that Mahomes-Brady level. And maybe Cincinnati will be fine, just like Breeze was fine and Manning. They won Super Bowls. They won titles. But there's a reason we throw out Michael Jordan of football with the other two. And I just hope this is not something that bites Joe in the ass. And he's not going to be on the outside looking in at the AFC Conference title game as we move forward. Thus far, probably the one thing that I feel really bad about after one game 
is Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills picking them to be a playoff team. I thought it could go sideways. I think I said this last last time on the pod. I think it could go sideways quickly. Stephon Diggs, Drama Queen, Josh Allen. You look at pretty much the last month and a half of last year, he has not played good football. He's looked more like 2019 Josh Allen and 18 Josh Allen. Those first two years, that guy looked like he sucked. He looked a lot closer to Zach Wilson, the other guy on the other side of the field Monday night, than he did the MVP candidate that he was in 2020 and 2021. His 2022 season was a tale of two different two different seasons there. And 2023 started off the same way. He had a golden opportunity to not mess up the game with Aaron Rodgers now exiting, the entire stadium deflated, yet he let the Jets' defense really take over and keep this team in the game, and they ended up losing it. And as he said, and he was really wearing it, same shit, different day, different season. He's feeling the pressure. I don't like that for the Bills. I don't like that after one game, he's already bringing up last year, and he's already admitting to everybody that's affecting him. And you got a wide receiver who got kicked out of Minnesota because he didn't like when things went south. He could only handle things emotionally when things were going well. And yet, the way they lost this game, obviously you had the turnovers, but the Buffalo Bills now, when you bake in the AFC uh, divisional game against the Chiefs, and of course DeMar Hamlin, and then they lost a playoff game last year to, uh, to Cincinnati, and now they have a punt return for a touchdown walk-off in overtime, the Bills under Sean McDermott the last three years have just had some emotional losses. That stuff adds up when you have the same cast of characters around in your locker room. And they got a lot of talent, and they're going to be hungry because they've gotten close and they want to get over the hump. And no team is truly ever the same from last year's or two years ago. But you do have a lot of the same faces, a lot of the same faces. And I just start to wonder, when you have Josh Allen really fighting uphill, you got a wide receiver who's your second most important player on the team who could snap off at any minute, and you get late in a fourth quarter game again, and you know mentally you've lost in dramatic fashion three, four times over the last three years, doubt starts to creep in that it's going to happen again. So I really worry of the psyche of the Buffalo Bills and going forward here in 2023. So one thing that kind of dawned on me after watching the Giants get beat down by the Cowboys, I I think the Giants will obviously not have a one or four win season. They'll be better. They made the playoffs. They got a grown up head coach and they got some talent, but I do think that Daniel Jones is going to show you his limitations as we go forward, but they'll win some games. But the Cowboys and their 40 ball on New York got me thinking about the similarities that Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott have. The one exception being that McCarthy's won a Super Bowl and had a lot of success. But 
when you think about both the quarterback and the head coach, they're both likely motivated in very similar ways to win in Dallas. They're both underappreciated. They both can have some really prolific games, both on the field and now Mike McCarthy's a play caller and he's seen his defense be very dynamic and he's gotten some big special teams plays over the years because of his hiring of Fossil and obviously the offense can really light up a scoreboard too. But they also will have a lot of letdowns in them. But when you look up and the season is over and the dust is settled, you're going to have double-digit wins from Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. And it was important for them to get off to a fast start, to keep pace with the Giants, who won't be scrubs. Washington won't be scrubs either. And obviously the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. It was important for them to get off to a fast start. And I think when you combine the motivation between the head coach and the quarterback being hand-in-hand, you got a defensive coordinator who's obviously going to be interviewing again after the season. They brought back all of their defensive players who are now a year older, still young, but more experienced, and a pass rusher who's looking like Lawrence Taylor and is out to eat and get a new contract. The Dallas Cowboys are looking like a team that are going to have that's going to have the number 1 seed contending for the number 1 seed and is going to be having all the right pieces fall into place from a roster standpoint. Long way to go, but you could not have been less satisfied than what you saw with the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. That is your midweek podcast. We will be back after week two. We have Thursday night football, Eagles hosting the Vikings. Look out for Pete's picks on X. I'll be revealing it right now. I do like the Eagles, home crowd, Kirk Cousins, prime time. I don't like Minnesota in that environment. I think they're going to struggle to score points. If anything changes, checking out. On X, I'll be posting it shortly before game time. And, of course, subscribe, review, give me some five stars if you feel so inclined. Leave me reviews. I would love it if you did that. Tell others to listen to the show and leave a review, even if they want to talk shit. That's fine. Thanks so much for choosing the show. We will see you all next time.